Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app. Guys, Spotify Green Room is a live audio only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> What's up, guys? Like I said last night, we are on to Cincinnati. I uh, had a great talk with Kyle Phelps to from the Battle of Ohio podcast to preview Bears Bengals for week number two. If you missed that show, go ahead and give that a listen. A lot of great uh, Bengals info there. Talk about the game because I watched the game between the Bear, or excuse me, the Bengals and the Vikings uh, last Sunday. Got a good look at them, and uh, you know, like I said, I'm feeling a little bit nervous about the game after it. Like when the schedule came out, it's like, oh, Cincy week two for the opener. All right, that'll be a nice game to rebound from because I'm pretty. I'm pretty much thought from moment one we'd lose that game to the uh, to the Rams, but this would be a nice bounce back game. After seeing them uh, cut the Vikings up uh, last week, they had some some bungles moments in that game, letting the Vikings get back in it and take it to overtime uh, and everything. But uh, overall. They overcame that and were able to kick the game-winning field goal as time expired uh, in overtime. So they were either going to be a tie or they were going to win against Minnesota. Kicker put it through the uprights. They come away with the win, uh, you know, at home, got the season off to a a positive start uh, for them. Winning a game, they were not favored to win. So, and of course, they're on the road. They're not favored to win this one as well, but... I think they can give us a game for sure. If the same team that beat the Vikings on Sunday shows up for this game uh, this Sunday, it's going to be an interesting three hours uh, when the Bears and the Bi- and the Bengals uh, get together. So uh, let's go ahead and get to it. This is the deep dive preview for week number two for the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud tonight. 
Our beloved Chicago Bears return home to Soldier Field for the home opener of the 2021 campaign as they take on the Cincinnati Bengals looking to dig themselves out of an 0-1 hold. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. Back, the week number two preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. This is the deep dive. We've got news and notes. We'll have we'll talk about the injuries, and uh, we have keys to the game uh, as well. And um, you know, I um, I look forward to these episodes and, and and what news comes out during the week. And it's been interesting for sure. You know, uh, as as you guys heard me say when when I was talking to Kyle uh, last night, um, you know. The like Andy Dalton, and I've said this from the beginning, you guys have heard me say it. I don't feel like Andy Dalton has gotten a fair shake from the Bears, you know, even though they've quote unquote fairly let him keep the starting position going into week one. You know that they did not put him in the best position to succeed. This is not the, this is not the Alex Smith situation where he was with the team for like five years before they drafted. Uh, Pat Mahomes he didn't have the you know the love and support and the confidence of the fan base coming into this thing it might have been if we'd have gotten him last year when I like I said we should have gotten him instead of Nick Foles maybe that would have turned out better maybe he would have I think he would have played better than both and you know all that kind of stuff we'd be in a different situation right now as far as like the you know him having a lot more support but we have set Andy Dalton up to fail in pretty much every step of this process from signing him on the heels of the the Russell Wilson deal falling through then drafting Justin Fields putting then saying cementing from moment 1 he's our starter regardless week 1 against the against the Rams but also talking out the other side of his mouth saying you know eh, maybe Justin maybe maybe you know kind of thing doing that all summer long all throughout training camp and then putting him out there in the preseason with with no one that he's going to be playing with during the regular season. He doesn't look well because he doesn't have rhythm and timing and all that stuff with these guys. He goes out there and lays a turd for the most part in the preseason, minus the throw to, you know, Rodney Adams for the, for the touchdown. But that was more of a play that Adams made than a throw uh, that Dalton. I mean, the throw was where it needed to be, but it was, it was, it was, you know, Rodney Adams make, made a play to make, sorry. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, you know, and then, of course, Justin Fields comes out. He's, you know, scrambling for first downs. He's moving the chains. He's keeping the clock and, you know, scoring touchdowns. He scored like 30 points uh, in the preseason. And his button, his, you know, cherry on top for the preseason was the absolute laser dime that he throws to Jesper Horstead against the Titans before halftime in that last preseason game. That's what Andy Dalton has been, has not been competing with all summer. You know, we see Justin Fields do those things and we're like, yeah, but Andy's still Andy's the starter. And every one of us who watched the preseason is like, why? You know, (laughs) why? Because you told him he was going to be the starter. That's why. Or is it because you want to see him with the starters? Well, that's easy. Then put the starters out there. Play him for a quarter, play him for 10 plays, 15 plays, you know, run through the script in the first preseason game. Then you get a taste of what he looks like with the starters instead of throwing him out there with guys who are delivering mail and garbage right now, you know, who are, who are trying to get their real estate license and learn their second careers instead of throwing passes to Robinson and Mooney and Goodwin and Comet and Jimmy Graham and, and all that kind of stuff. You just you set Andy Dalton up to fail from moment one. 
and now he's coming home against his old team. And I tell you, I swear to God, the first pass that goes errant, you know, from from Dalton to whoever his intended receiver is, the Boo Birds are coming out. They're coming out. So that's actually going to be a key to the game uh, later on in the show. We'll talk about that. But um, anyway, let's go ahead and get the show started. We'll kick things off with uh, news and notes. We'll talk about some of the headlines this week and finish it up with the injury report. (laughs) News and notes for week number two. And uh, it's basically uh, talking about some things that some players had to say. And uh, we'll finish up with with something a former player had to say uh, on a podcast uh, this week. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This week that uh, I just have a, a huge problem. Anyway, let's start off with, um, you know, Marquise Goodwin uh, was uh, in front of the press. I think it was yesterday or Tuesday. One, I think it was yesterday on Wednesday. And um, they were pretty much asking him about the, you know, the game and, and how it went and his thoughts on it and, and, and what have you. And um, when they asked him about Jalen Ramsey, he made some interesting comments. Based, and, and a lot of people are thinking that this was kind of pointed at uh, Nagy. Uh, because when they asked him about Jalen Ramsey, they were talking about basically to to paraphrase. Goodwin was saying that basically we didn't challenge or we played right into Jalen Ramsey's hands by sticking with this you know short t- less than ten yard passing game because he is such a dominant player. He reacts to the football so well. If we're not challenging him down field, he's gonna jump all over that stuff. That's you know in the, in a, under ten yards and things like that. Like we, if anybody was like on Twitter or goes to Pro Football Focus, look at Allen Robinson's route tree for Sunday night against the uh, against the Rams. Not only did we not attempt more than one pass over over ten yards for the whole game, Allen Robinson didn't run a ten yard route the entire game. It was curl routes, it was out routes, it was slant routes, and every single one of them was under ten yards for Allen Robinson who's supposed to be regarded as a elite top tier talent wide receiver. And we weren't using him to challenge uh, Jalen Ramsey, you know, all that trash talk between uh, Darnell Mooney and Ramsey, you know, throughout the off season was all for naught Cause we didn't do anything to challenge uh, Jalen Ramsey. The only time that we did was that, uh, that pass from, uh, from Andy Dalton to Jimmy Graham, I believe on the last touchdown drive, uh, for just when Justin Fields ran it in, one of the plays that led up to that was Andy Dalton one on one or throwing the ball one on one to Jimmy Graham on the outside against Jalen Ramsey of all people, and because you know uh, Jimmy Graham is six foot seven and two hundred sixty pounds, 
he, you know, basically boxed Jalen Ramsey out, caught the ball, got a first down, and, you know, we were inside, uh, deep inside Rams territory at that point. That was like literally the only time that happened, but even that was like an eight-yard pass. So, of course, he was right there. There was no separation. He was all over Jimmy Graham and was able to kind of wrestle him out of bounds. Uh, And it's not like Jimmy Graham caught the ball and then, you know, turned inside to gain a few extra yards uh, for the play. He caught the ball and was tackled immediately. You know, he wrestled his way out. You know, he didn't go down or or whatever. It took a couple of guys to force him out. But he didn't gain much more than a, you know, maybe a half yard after catching – the football and you know Goodwin talking about how our game plan played right into Jalen Ramsey's hands is kind of being read as a shot at Matt Nagy and his and his game plan uh, on Sunday night, which was definitely not successful. I mean, you can kind of see the merits of it, especially with the way that the Rams carved us up last year when when Matt Nagy kept calling those seven step drops with Cement Shoes, Nick Foles out there, and that offensive line that you wouldn't put your worst enemy behind. Uh, you know, in that, in that Monday night football uh, game. And it was just a mess, that whole thing. And we kept calling those seven play, seven step drops and stuff like that and getting eaten alive. And Aaron Donald had 91 sacks against us and, and the whole nine yards. So we went in the opposite direction. No more deep routes, no more seven step drops, not going to give this pass rush an opportunity to carve us up like they did week seven of last season. We're going to get the ball out, get it out quick and basically dink and dunk our way down the field. And it didn't really work out that way. So anyway, I don't think that was a shot at Matt Nagy. I just think that was Marquise Goodwin kind of expressing his frustration with, you know, we brought him here to be the speedster to help us open up this offense, to be able to throw something over the top because Despite all the all the flack that Andy Dalton has gotten, he's much better. You know, he's a good, he's a better deep ball thrower than Mitch Trubisky was, and or is. You know, he, poor guy's not dead. He's just in Buffalo. Uh, you know, a better deep ball thrower than than Trubisky is. So is Justin Field. I mean, he's the best of the bunch for sure. But we brought guys like that. Our focus in in our receiving core was speed, speed, speed. And when you're throwing inside of ten yards, you're not outrunning anybody. You know, if everything's right in front of you, you're, basically your speed works against you. You're going to catch the ball, pow, you're going to run right into the guy uh, who's, in, you know, who's defending you and things like that. So that was interesting uh, for Marquise Goodwin. What was also interesting was when Bill Lazor met with the press on Wednesday, when they asked him what they thought of how Justin Fields looked in his limited uh, snaps on Sunday against the Rams, to paraphrase him, uh, you know, he said he looked ready. He looked prepared. He looked like he belonged. That's a direct quote. He looked like he belonged. And again, that kind of like throws the spotlight back on Nagy. It's like if your own staff thinks that he looks like he's belonging, he looks like he's ready, why isn't he starting? Why isn't he the guy that's out there for every play? To hell with this promise you made um, that you made Andy Dalton. We made a $16 million promise to Mike Glennon and we had to put him on the bench because Mitch Trubisky was the better quarterback period. You know, even John Fox and his thick headed way saw through that. Now, granted it took four games uh, to make that decision. Hopefully the bears won't wait that long, but again, Andy Dalton didn't play poorly. We just know we have a better option on the bench that can allow our offense to do more things than Andy Dalton can. 
And what, like I said, it's worse in my opinion that we throw him out there for one play, then pull him on, you know, goes back to the bench, one play back on the bench, one play back on the bench. You know, it's like we have one simple demand as a fan base, play him or don't stop throwing him out there for one play. Cause it's not like we're throwing him out there and he's our red zone quarterback or he's our goal line quarterback or whatever it's like no here is a random second and eight we're going to put him out there and then he's going to run a reverse that Andy Dalton can run but you know we're going to have him do it and then have him immediately come off the field regardless of the results of that play and it just makes no sense none whatsoever so either play him or don't I would prefer not to see Justin Fields at all unless he's taking snaps as our quarterback period, as our starting quarterback taking all of the snaps for every situation. You know, to hell with this. Either play Dalton or play Fields. Don't play both. You, you, it just, it's, it's making the fans nuts and me, you know, as well. Either play them or don't. You know, it's, it's, it's becoming more and more obvious as we go along. All of his teammates speak glowingly. It's not like they're talking trash about Andy Dalton, but when they talk about Justin Fields, they talk about him in a way that you can just tell they would prefer that he's out there. It's not any hate on Andy Dalton. It's just that David Montgomery said he had an aura uh, about him. You got your own offensive coordinator saying he looks like he belongs out there, a.k.a. he's ready to be a starting quarterback. He's ready uh, to play. You know, it just, it's, I mean, and then the, the um, watching that 1920 football drive when they were um, playing I, th- I don't know if it was practice or if it was somebody was mic'd up and talking about him. And it, I think it was a preseason game, the Buffalo game. Justin Fields comes out there and he scrambles and turns, you know, a busted play into like a 20-yard gain for a first down. And I think it was Marquise Goodwin that was on the sidelines. I don't remember who it was exactly that was mic'd up. But his words were, that boy just runs on a different gear. So nobody on the sideline is saying that about Andy Dalton. All due respect. Nobody's saying that about Andy Dalton. They all recognize that Justin Fields is special. He should be the one that's out there. But Matt Nagy is sticking to, quote-unquote, the plan. And I think there's only one other person in the entire building that's supporting the plan, and that's Ryan Pace. And those two guys are going to go down together by if they keep sticking to this plan. I just, we're, I mean, we're not winning a Super Bowl this year. We're just not. But... We can be better than we are if Justin Fields is out there. Let him play. Let him learn by playing uh, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. It just it, it makes me nuts. So Jay Glazer says the Bears didn't want to start him before week four. Um, that's the Lions game. It's a home game. It's a winnable game, you know, that kind of thing. Fine. Okay. But if he comes, if Dalton comes out and lays a turd uh, against the Bengals, his old squad, and we end up losing again, do we really have to wait another week before we put him out there? Do we really have to? I mean, I don't want him getting feasted on by, by Miles Garrett and uh, Jadavian Clowney against the Browns either. But, you know, it might be an interesting game to see him start against Garrett and, and uh, you know, Clowney in Ohio where Justin Fields made his name. He's going to have fans at that game. So as rabid as Brown fans can be, I'm sure, A, the Bear fans travel well, and B, I'm sure there will be some Ohio State fans rooting for their old quarterback Uh, when he's in town against the Browns. So anyway, last uh, little nugget before we get to our injury report. Um, 
Jay Cutler, believe it or not, has his own podcast. And it's an okay podcast. Uh, I've, I've watched it on YouTube. Like I said, I work from home. So during the day, I got the TV on to, to YouTube kind of playing in the background. I watched his episode last week. He talked to Josh McCown. Um, and this week, he had Zach Miller on the show. And somehow, the subject turned to week 17 against the, um, against the Packers in 2013, the game that was for the division. And I know you're all like sweating, your, your palms are sweating, you're getting that, you know, you're going to throw up in your mouth and all that kind of stuff. You know, fourth and eight, ugh, there it goes, I'm queasy right now. Fourth and eight, Chris Conti blows the, um, blows the, uh, blows the coverage, gives up the game-winning touchdown. Jay Cutler, <sighs> Jay Cutler had the balls to say, we shouldn't blame Chris Conti for use, for losing that game. And the thing is, it's not him saying that, you know, we had other chances to win that game and put it away earlier and blah, blah, blah. No, he is saying that play, we ran what's called a zero blitz, which means there's nobody deep. It's man to man, so on and so forth that, you know, Aaron Rodgers has seen it a million times. It's called a zero blitz because we're basically trying to send more blitzers than the offense can block. You got to get to the quarterback. You got to get home uh, and all that kind of stuff. And from that aspect, he is absolutely right. He is 100% right. What he failed to mention is, as Lance Briggs told the world and, uh, you know, what we've all learned since then is that we audibled to a zero blitz and Chris Conti didn't get the call. He was the only person on the field that didn't get the memo. Because if you go back and you watch the play, like you said, zero blitz, which means we're bringing the house, which means the coverage is man-to-man. Chris Conti did not play it like it was man-to-man. Chris Conti let Randall Cobb run right past him like he expected there to be help over the top, which means he did not get the play call he was responsible for Randall Cobb. He let him run. It's not like Randall Cobb just blistered uh, Conti, just you know, blew right past him in coverage and Conti was trailing behind. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. He stood there flat-footed as Randall Cobb ran right past him, wide open for the touchdown that won Green Bay the game, and therefore the division sent them to the playoffs and sent us home. It is absolutely his fault we lost that goddamn game. Okay, I love you, Jay. I love you more than most Bear fans do. You know, I in hindsight, I you know, I'll always kind of feel bad about how the season, you know, how your career in Chicago went from the coaching changes to us spending more guys, spending more money on defense than we ever did on offense, you not having the offensive help. And then when you finally got it, our defense got old overnight and, you know, started. We had to score 40 points a game in that 2013 season because our defense was giving up 38 points. Uh, a game. It just never quite worked out for Jay Cutler. And I look back more fondly on what he was able to do than a lot of people do, um, which has now become a thing for people in Mitch Trubisky, which I don't understand. But you are 100% wrong about this. Chris Conti, you're right about the play call. You're right about what was supposed to happen. You are absolutely wrong about whose fault it was. Chris Conti did not play it like it was man-to-man. He let Randall Cobb run right past him because he was still playing zone. He expected there to be help over the top, and it wasn't. He blew his assignment. He gave up the game-winning touchdown. It is 100% his fault in that moment that we lost the game to Green Bay. So 
I love you, Jay, but you are 100% wrong uh, about that. And he deserves all the hate that he gets from Bear fans almost 10 years later uh, removed from that play. I mean, there isn't a Bear fan alive who remembers that moment that doesn't get absolutely just instantly sick the moment that it comes up. Like Chris Conte against was like, oh, oh, God, I can see it. I can see it, you know. <laughs> and and uh, I think it was Zach Bowman or, or, or whatever it was that desperately tried to tackle him just before he got to the end zone. Didn't work out. Game over. Bears lose. Ugh, God damn it. It was Chris Conti's fault, Jay. It absolutely was. You're right about the call. You're wrong about what Chris Conti did. He didn't get the memo that it was man-to-man. He played it like zone, which is why Cobb ran right past him. He stood there flat-footed as he ran right past him. You're 100% wrong about this. Conti deserves all the hate he gets for that play. All the hate he gets for that play. All right. Anyway, so we got the injury report. And it's interesting because it's a lot shorter than it was last week. I think we had half the roster on the injury report last week uh, for, the, uh, for the Rams game. Some key names not on this list, like uh, Khalil Mack, which is nice to see. Uh, Montgomery's not on this list anymore either. Neither is, oh, Nope, there he is, Darnell Mooney. But he's full participation with a back injury. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is, is full participation. So I guess he's got a quad that's nagging him. Eddie Goldman was limited on Wednesday, did not practice today on Thursday. So I don't know what that means for his um, status. We'll have to wait and see on Friday what uh, what designation he gets, whether it's doubtful again, which meant, you know, which he did not play against. The, he, he didn't even travel to, the, to L.A. He stayed home in Chicago when the Bears went out to uh, Los Angeles to play the Rams. Uh, Larry Barom has not practiced yet with the ankle injury. Still haven't gotten any word on how serious – the injury is, but he did not practice yet this week. Um, Jason Peters did, however. He was limited yesterday and today with that quad injury, so I suppose that's good news that we might actually get him back for Sunday. Um, the Bears did sign a, an offensive tackle to the practice squad, a another a, a massive guy, 6'8", six, six, 310 pounds uh, as, as an offensive tackle. I think his name is like Anthony Thomas, Anthony Jones, something like that, signed him off the Browns, uh, or signed him to the practice squad. I think it came from the Browns, but um, you know. So the, the the names to watch tomorrow when the Friday injury report comes out, or today for those of you listening to it on Friday, um, Eddie Goldman and Jason Peters. You know, because Larry Baram hasn't practiced yet, so I don't think we're going to see him uh, play at all this weekend or be available uh, for the uh, for the for the Cincinnati game. But uh, Jason Peters. We'll see how he does uh, tomorrow, what his designation is. Same thing with Eddie Goldman, because he was good enough to practice on Wednesday and granted in a limited fashion, did not practice today. So maybe he had some soreness or something like that. They wanted to hold him out. But uh, otherwise, you know, Marquise Goodwin, Yoel, um, EA Booneyway and Darnell Mooney all have, you know, are on the injury report, but have practiced full participation this week. So no real problems there. Jimmy Graham had Wednesday off practice full today. So, I don't know why they put you on the injury list when that happens. But anyway, um, when it's like Larry Barom, Eddie Goldman didn't practice today, Jason Peters, Robert Quinn, uh, limited. But, you know, when isn't Robert Quinn on the goddamn injury report? But um, anyway, so like I said, the, the names to keep an eye on for today when it comes, when the designations come out, questionable, doubtful, so on and so forth. Eddie Goldman and Jason Peters, those are the ones we want to look at tomorrow to see who, uh, you know, 
what their you know what their chances are, their odds of actually playing uh, on Sunday. And right now, it's looking it's looking better for Jason Peters than it is for uh, Eddie Goldman with him not practicing today after practicing on Wednesday. So those would be the names to watch. So all right. So let's take a quick break, give a little air time to our sponsors, and then we'll come in with keys to the game and wrap this bad boy up. <coughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room, formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys. Spotify Green Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And, of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you, my loyal audience. So be sure and download the Spotify Green Room app wherever you get your apps. <laughs> Keys to the game. Week number two, Bears hosting the Cincinnati Bengals for a noon central time kickoff on Sunday. Looking forward to that, not having to wait all day and watch seven hours of football before my guys take the field. We're, we're, we're taking the field round one. We're going to get this thing out of the way. But, you know, it's very simple, and most of it has to do with our offense. Now, granted, the defense has some work to do, but I'm, I'm most of well, actually, I guess the defense can go in for the third uh, key to the game. But mostly, it's it's about the the offense and and what I feel we need to see on Sunday when uh, when the Bears take on the Bengals. The first key: trust your offensive line. We need to trust them more in the passing game than we did against the uh, Rams. And granted, you know, but it also seemed like we were playing scared at the same time. It's like, I know that they got home a lot, but, you know, it just, we did not challenge the Rams at all with the passing game, like at all. I mean, when you have a receiver like Allen Robinson and for all of the faults that I talk about with Allen Robinson, or, or at least I don't think he's, you know, a one tier, he's one of the best for sure. And when you have that guy out there, with his sure hands and what he can do. Keeping him under 10 yards is ridiculous. When you have Darnell Mooney, Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird, who are known for their speed, running short curl routes and things like that, you're hamstringing yourself. And doing that in spots to counteract the pass rush of the Rams is fine. But to do that the entire game, no matter what, I felt like, just like Marquise Goodwin, we're playing into their hands. We're we're staying in front of them and everything. They don't need. We're not challenging them downfield uh, at all. You know, we're just not doing it. So it just was so frustrating. We need to trust our offensive line 
it doesn't have to be on every play we're throwing the football down the field, but it's just like let's trust the offensive line that the and, and they held up reasonably well, you know, for the most part uh, against the uh, against the Rams. And as as uh, you know, the the Bengals have a decent defensive line, but none of those guys is named Aaron Donald. None of them is a special you know get in your face player on every single play or a threat to do so. That guy doesn't play for the Cincinnati Bengals. So we can trust the interior line. That's the, actually the strength of our offensive line is Daniels, uh, Mustafer, and, uh, you know, Whitehair. And, you know, Whitehair doesn't have to struggle this week. He's not playing against Aaron Donald. He should be better for us uh, this week against the, uh, the Bengals. And, you know, we need to trust the offensive line, challenge that Bengals secondary, go after them, uh, you know, and see what happens. You know, let's throw the football down the field and challenge the secondary, try to make, try to have our own big play strikes uh, against Cincinnati instead of wa- waiting for Cincinnati to do it to us uh, with Jamar Chase and, and uh, T Higgins and, and all, you know, Tyler Boyd and all those guys uh, as well. So it's just like, let's, let's trust the offensive line. Let's uh, challenge the, the secondary. Let's throw the football downfield. Let's open this thing up a little bit. You know, we hamstrung the hell out of ourselves uh, against the Rams. Let's not do this this week against the uh, the Bengals. We, let's not play scared. Let's play football. How about we do that? So that's the first key. And then the second one is simple. Monty, Monty, Monty. You heard me say it in the in the review episode. Uh, you heard me say it in the, you know, the review episode. You heard me say it yesterday uh, as well, and, you know, before and after the, my talk with, uh, with, um, with Kyle Phelps. Montgomery is the best football player we have on offense. You know, Allen Robinson is a damn good football player, but on our offense right here, right now, the best player on the offensive side of the ball is David Montgomery. He should be the focus of our offense. We, he should be the Alvin Kamara of our offense where he's the first person that's going to run the football and he should be one of the first options we're looking for coming out of the backfield because you get him in open space. I mean, you saw a 360-pound defensive tackle get his hands on him in the backfield, and he knocked him off and ran for, you know, for three, four yards uh, on the play. He turned a three-yard loss into like a three- or four-yard gain. The first guy, if he's going to tackle him alone, very seldom, very seldom is the only person that brings uh, Montgomery down. It's always the second and third guy. You've been hearing me say that since 2019 when we drafted the kid. Every time. You know, get Monty out in open space. He's going to make something happen. So run some screens, uh, you know, just get him out into the open flat, have him running some of those, some of those arrow routes where he runs to the outside and then come across uh, the middle, get him into that space. You know, we need to be giving the ball to Montgomery. We don't need to run the ball with him 20 to 25 times, although that would be my preference, but we need David Montgomery touching the ball 25 to 30 times a game. So give him his 15 to 20 carries and let's target him about six to 10 times in the passing game uh, as well. Cause he will make things happen. He's been working in the off season to get to this point. And you saw the speed that he had. I was listening to locked on bears with our good friend, uh, Lauren Cox. And he was saying that, you know, you saw like the metrics showed you hear uh, players talk about all the time about how they work to get stronger and faster during the off season David Montgomery actually was that 41 yard run that he had against the Rams. He measured faster. He clocked faster than he had in years prior uh, in the league. So he actually did 
get faster, like physically, actually got faster. That's what he was working for uh, during the offseason, and it worked off, and it paid off his hard work. And, you know, he's, he's a beast. He is a beast. Let's use him, get him the football on the ground, stop taking him out of the goddamn game if he's giving us results, okay? Forget about your plan, okay? Forget about your game plan. If he's going out there and he's tearing the Bengals a new one, do not take him off the field because the next play is supposed to be Damian Williams. Call something else that will keep Montgomery on the field and get him the football. Let him be the catalyst that can help us open up that passing game because if the Bengals are trying to sell out on the run, that means they're giving us man to man. They're loading up the box. They're giving us man to man outside. And that's where we can hurt them with Goodwin and bird and Robinson and Mooney and everybody else. So we run this offense through David Montgomery. It will open it up for everybody else and we'll have success. We'll score points. We'll win football games. Monty, Monty, Monty on Sunday, and then do it again. You know, it's like run the ball, run the ball, run the ball with Montgomery. Okay. And when we're done running the ball with Montgomery, run it again. Give him the football. Let him lead us. Okay. I truly believe it will benefit everybody around him if we have our opponents trying to sell out to stop him. It will open things up for everybody else. We got to have an old school mentality here because the best player that we have on offense is our running back for now. I, I hope that in the future we'll be able to say the best player we have on offense is our quarterback, but right now the best player that we have on offense is our running back, and we need to feed the beast, keep giving him the ball, let him do his work, and let him make things happen for us. So, And then the final one, you heard me allude to it uh, earlier in the show uh, when I talked about uh, you know you'll hear the Boo Birds, the first bad pass that Andy Dalton throws, or the first three and out that we have. If we start out, like let's say we start with the football, we go three and out where it's two stupid passes and you know, or something like that, and we go three and out, the boo birds are coming. And it's it's simple. You know, remember a few years ago Akeem Hicks was bitching on the radio about, you know, being booed by our by his own fan by their own fans in their own stadium. Hey man, it's simple. If you don't want to get booed, play well. Period. It is just that simple. And I know that's easier said than done because you're going against another team in the NFL uh, and what have you, and nothing comes easy in the NFL. But, um, you know, if, if you don't want to hear your fans booing you, you got to play well, period. You know, we're already at the end of our rope with this Andy Dalton, uh, Justin Fields drama. It's no secret who we want out there, who should be playing, who the better option is, and, you know, if Andy Dalton does anything wrong, he's going to get booed out of his own stadium. It doesn't matter. Okay. It just, Justin Fields is the man. We all want to see him out there and, uh, you know, don't bring him in for a play and then take him right back out. It doesn't make any sense to do that. You know, one, one, one running one play. What's that going to do for his experience? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So either play him or don't. And, uh, you know, if you don't want to get booed, play well. And in my opinion, what will help you play well? Monty, Monty, Monty. Keep feeding him the ball. And then, you know, if we're going to throw a fourth key out there, um, you know, it's defense, you got to get home against, uh, against Burrow. You know, they, they worked on improving their offensive line despite passing on, on Penny Sewell uh, in the draft. And Jamar Chase is a legit threat. 
So we got to get home against Burrow, but we also we we need to play smarter on defense. You know, we can't make the same gaffes against the uh, the Bengals that we did against the Rams because they're they're also talented in the passing game. They're also talented in their receiving core. They can hurt us just as bad as the Rams did. So we need to play better. I hope that we absorbed everything that we saw wrong uh, in film against the Rams so that we can go out there and be a competent-looking defense and not embarrass ourselves in front of our home crowd uh, in the home opener uh, on Sunday. So there you have it, guys. That is our deep dive preview for week number two. For the Bears Talk Underground, getting ready for Bears Bengals at noon on Sunday. Can't wait. And if you're still listening, God bless you. Jump on the Spotify Green Room app during halftime. I'm going to jump on the Spotify Green Room uh, app to uh, to say hi and uh, see how you guys are feeling uh, about the team and uh, you know how we're performing in the first half and uh, you know what adjustments and whatnot we think we should be making going into the second half. So jump on the Spotify Green Room app. You can find me there. My username is Larry D. Larry D E E. Actually, I don't know why they they wouldn't let me put Larry D. Period. But so it's Larry D E E. Uh, that's my username on um, on the Spotify Green Room app. You can follow me there. You can also catch me on Wednesday nights, seven o'clock Central, eight o'clock Eastern, for my regular Club Thirty Four Seven live show. So, anyway, guys, that is going to do it for the deep dive preview for week number two. We'll see you back here on Monday with Bear Up and Bear Down for the Bears Bengals matchup. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bears Talk Underground. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.